This podcast is brought to you by Intel vPro. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Helena Andrews Dyer, a pop culture reporter here at The Post. And today we're going to talk about the new murder mystery period drama, The Confessions of Franny Langdon. Joining me now are the show's creator, Zara Collins, and lead actress, Carla Simone Spence. Sara and Carla Simone, thank you so much for joining us on Washington Post Live. Oh, thanks for having us. Let's dive right in because there is so much to talk about in this moody series. I loved it. I watched all four episodes yesterday, binged them one after the other. Um, And (laughs) Sarah, you described the confessions of Franny Langton as the Black Jane Eyre. And for those who haven't had the pleasure of reading your award-winning debut novel on which this series is based, can you briefly describe the story and tell us how you came up with the premise? Uh, Yeah, I'd love to. So Franny is a young Jamaican woman who's brought to London in the early 19th century and given as a gift, essentially, sent to work as a maid in a Mayfair mansion. And while there, she falls desperately, passionately in love with the mistress of the house. Um, The pair of them have a twisted, tortured, tender love affair that ends in tragedy. This isn't a spoiler when this series opens Um, the mistress of the house and her husband have been found murdered and Franny's being arrested and accused of the crime. And she swears she didn't do it. She is convinced she couldn't have done it. And the series sort of follows her journey to discover the truth because she has no memory of the events in question, but also to convince herself as well as the court system that she couldn't have murdered um, the only woman she ever loved. And for me, I mean, yes, the Jane Eyre reference is appropriate because it really came, I've spent my life reading to fill gaps. I really do believe that reading is the way that we inform our understanding, not only of the world, but our place in it. And I had this um, obsession in particular in my teenage years with Gothic romances. So, you know, I gobbled up the Brontes and I had been left with uh, irritated, angered, in fact, by the gap that there had been in my reading, the fact that all of those books I loved had never centered a woman like me of my background. And so this, my mission with the novel, and it's one that we translated to the adaptation, was, as I've said, to put a Jamaican woman in Jane Austen territory, to to produce a story. And, and we did focus on story that works on the level of story to entertain audiences, but also to engage audiences with this kind of forgotten, overlooked aspect of British history. Reading to fill in gaps is such an incredible way to put it. And this series does that. Carla Simone, you called Franny Langdon a role of a lifetime. Tell us why. I mean, how often do you see a Jamaican woman in a period drama? Um, This is something fresh and new. And to have a leading role that really just spoke to my core was just, yeah, it meant so much to me. Um, when I saw the script, I was just amazed and really excited and was just hoping that I would um, bag the role. Um, yeah, I feel like I've been waiting for this kind of role for a very long time. Um, it's very, it's not, doesn't come by so often for women like me, you know, that roles that are written with women like me in mind. And yeah, I'm just really grateful to Sarah. Um, yeah, I think Franny is incredible and I'm just happy that I got to play her. 
And like Franny, you yourself are British and mm-hmm. of Jamaican descent. How yeah. important was bringing in your own personal history to the role? Everything. I mean, my yeah, my heritage means everything to me. It's who I am. Um, so yeah, for her to be a Jamaican woman and that to be my first lead role in a series was just like, felt like a full circle moment. You know, I never really had uh, period dramas on my scope of, oh, what's my next role? I never thought that I would be in a period drama because I never saw women like me in them. Um, so yeah, it just means a lot. And I think hopefully it will mean a lot to other young girls like me as well. And yeah, I'm just really happy. I'm I'm really, um, I got to seek my teeth into like a character that's just so fully fleshed out and that goes through so much um, of her character journey. You know, there's like rage, there's passion, there's love, there's tenderness. And yeah, I, I enjoyed every minute. You describe the rage. Um, and earlier, Sarah, you talked about sort of like the twisted love affair. The series begins at the scene of the crime, right? That is the first thing we see. Um, the master and mistress of the house have been murdered and Franny is literally there with blood on her hands. Why was it important, yeah. Sara, to start at that p- precise moment? This is a period drama with a difference. And one of the things that really bugged me, you know, when I was writing the novel, I had this kind of mantra in my head, like it's a truth universally acknowledged that if a black woman is going to write a historical piece, it's going to be about slavery. And I thought um, audiences will come to this and they will think this has something to do with slavery. That's a story we know is a story bit that's been told a million times before. What we were doing here was different and we needed to establish from the first frame that it was different. You don't get much more different than being found next to your murdered lover with blood on your hands. And then the dilemma, the absolutely impossible dilemma of figuring out how you're going to piece together what led you to that point. Um, it's really important that we we establish that we're subverting stereotypes with this character. She is, as Carla Simone said, the kind of woman we haven't seen in a period drama before, the kind of woman that young me decades ago would have loved to see on screen or on the page. Um, And she says very early on in episode one, you're expecting one kind of story because you think that's the kind of story you're going to get from a woman like me. This is not that story. It's something different. Here we have a murder mystery that's wrapped up in this very tender but very complicated love story. But it's also a meditation on this character's ferocious intelligence at a time and in a society where her intelligence was not just undervalued but completely devalued. It was treated as if it didn't exist. So they're really important themes. But I really hope it delivers first and foremost on the level of storytelling, because my mission as a storyteller, the number one mission for me is to entertain. And speaking of entertainment, we have a clip of Franny and her lawyer discussing her potential defense strategy. Let's take a look. What does my history have to do with this? The fact that you were enslaved in Jamaica. We can use your background to your advantage. You want a slave story? I can only imagine what you must have suffered. You are making assumptions. The effects of the environment you were raised in. That horrible institution. You were inculcated in violence. You want me to say I did it? We could run it alongside another argument. 
you were intoxicated, so addled by laudanum, you weren't aware of what you were doing. We could find a doctor willing to swear to it. You have it all decided already. I'm trying to help you. The thing you need to understand, Mr. Pettigrew, that I'm fed up of people like you deciding who I am or what I am as soon as you take one look at me. And I will not confess to something I don't believe I've done. Hmm. And on the theme of slave stories, Zara, which you mentioned before, and then we see in the clip where the lawyer says, you know, that he wants to have this defense where he's basically saying because Franny is a slave that she is somehow predisposed to violence. And we talked about earlier, Zara, um, this not being the typical slave story. And Franny tells us that in the show. Carla Simone, how important was it for you that the story was not a typical slave story, a stereotypical slave story. And what is a stereotypical slave story? Um, it was very important to me. Yeah, I think it was very important to show the human that Franny is and the life and all the complexities that come with it. You know, it's not just trauma, it's it's this love, it's joy, it's um, her intellect, her wit when she's in a room and, you know, she says that, funny thing that you just don't expect her to say because you you think oh you would expect her to stay silent but she's always advocating for herself you know she's she's strong but she's also soft uh, she's not a caricature um yeah i think it was really important that she was a fully fleshed out human being and she was just living a human experience um that everyone can relate to um yeah and that, i think that's what was different it wasn't just solely um based on her past it was about her future as well and her journey Exactly. Not about what she is, right? It was a formerly enslaved woman, but about who she is. Um, yeah. And that, that comes through in all four episodes beautifully. Uh, I want to talk about period pieces in general. Sorry, you mentioned it earlier. You've said in interviews that viewers have been lulled into a false sense of security about Black people in period <laughs> dramas because of the Bridgerton effect. So explain to us what that is. Explain the Bridgerton effect. Yeah, disclaimer, by the way, I love Bridgerton and I love the Bridgerton effect. I think it's really important, obviously, that we open doors to colorblind casting and opportunities for creatives of all, um, you know, from all backgrounds. Uh, but I do worry a bit because the full history hasn't been told that the existence of shows like Bridgerton might allow people to become complacent about the actual lived experiences of black people in, in the, the periods that these dramas focus on. And I think in particular, if we're someone who has researched the experience of enslavement and also the way where in Britain, for example, we turn a blind eye to the realities of these stories. It's, you know, it's politically um, expedient not to face up to the full history. It's really important 
um, to acknowledge that, to present stories that are authentic about the experiences that people like my ancestors went through. I think it's one way of paying tribute to them. Um, and it's really important that we do that. Uh, but it's also important that we, um, you know, the, the old saying is that you learn from history so that you don't repeat those mistakes. There are issues that we touch on in Franny that somehow have reared their ugly heads in contemporary society. Again, for example, the question of distinctions in intelligence between races and whether black people are inherently less intelligent than white people, which which when I was reaching, researching this novel, I thought was some done and dusted random and silly idea from back in in the past, but has somehow become accepted as a legitimate matter for debate um, today. So I think it is so important that we try to do both, that we indulge the fantasy elements that are catered to by shows like Bridgerton, but we don't lose sight of the power and the value and the importance of truth telling. And we're really trying to combine those two objectives in this show. Absolutely. The difference between colorblind casting, right, which is it doesn't matter what the role is. She could be a queen or a foot, footman, does not matter the color, as opposed to color conscious casting, which is keeping the historical elements in mind of where people were at the time. Right. And that's that's truly very interesting. And it, it comes through in the show. Carla Simone Franny in the show deals with racism, like the moment her eyes open until they close, right, um, throughout the show, whether it is what we saw in the trailer, it, Mr. Benham cutting a piece of her hair to mm -hmm. the housekeeper asking her if she knows how to use a spoon. Mm -hmm. Were there any specific moments dealing with that on set? Any scenes that were hard for you to film? Um, no. Um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't hard because it wasn't, it wasn't a shock and it wasn't something that was new to me. Um, yeah, I, I live my life as a black woman, so I, I'm very much aware of like, we, we just live a completely different life, you know? Um, and yeah, I'm aware of like history and I, I suppose with Franny, cause I was just embodying her. Um, she was very much a character that didn't let people get her down. And she wasn't gonna allow Linux to kind of make her feel small. She she always, like she had a, a massive sense of self-worth that I've really admired about her. Um, so just embodying that as Franny, it was, it wasn't difficult, no. Um, it wasn't like the, the most, the best experience. It wasn't like I enjoyed it, but it was, it was very much, I was very con like, confident in what was happening. I didn't feel uncomfortable in any sort of way. And obviously everyone behind the scenes is just lovely as well. So. And Franny's confidence that you talk about, it it almost seems surprising at first when you think about where she's come mm -hmm. from, right? And Sarf, yeah. when Franny first enters the Benham's home, she's deemed impudent, right? And at one point she asks, she says, you know, I'm treated like a servant here. In those scenes, why is she confused about her status? And why is that important to sort of establish from the beginning that Franny's sense of self is so different than I think how the how she sees herself is so different how the world sees her? 
Yeah, I think one of the key differences is education. So although she is a formerly enslaved woman and she grew up on a Jamaican plantation, um, she had this hunger for learning, you know, that she developed as a young girl. I like to say the only autobiographical bit of Franny, uh, the thing that really connects with me and comes from my own experiences as a young girl is that she had this absolute hunger. You know, there's this image of this young girl on a plantation dreaming about learning to read the books in the library. And she's taken in and given this education. One of the questions that haunts her throughout the show is, what was the price of it? And part of what we're engaging with there is um, certainly as a young Caribbean girl, the education I received was a colonial one. And so it is on the one hand, the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, this empowerment. Um, there's a line in the novel that when it's in your head, they can't take it away. It's not like food or clothes. You know, there's a real sense of power that comes from that. But also mm -hmm. what damage is done when the education that you receive is essentially setting up a framework around you that diminishes your own value. And Franny as a character is meant to embody that debate. So you do have this confidence. The, the way she carries herself when she arrives in London is the way anyone who is incredibly intelligent and has had an outlet for their intelligence would carry themselves. You are never diminished when you walk into a room and know that you are equipped with your education. That's the idea that she's embodying. But deep down, as we get to know the character, I I think this conflict comes through because the education is also at odds with her sense of self and she really has to circumvent that. She's got to find a way to make peace with it. It's really interesting for me because I think it's the personal journey I've been on as a Caribbean woman from a former colony, you know, who grew up with this British education. It's a modern challenge as much as it was a challenge for the 19th century. Absolutely. And Another major theme of the series, obviously, is love. Love mm -hmm. and also control. And I thought it was so interesting in the relationships that we see in the show between, whether it was between Mrs. and Mr. Binham, um, and between, obviously, Franny and Madame, how Carla Simone do you did you navigate and do you think the character navigated true love you know can you experience true love with someone who has power over you i'm going to speak from the perspective of franny yes um yeah absolutely for franny that was true love you know she really did love madame um she kind of connected with her on a intellectual level she'd never met anyone who'd read the same kind of books as her and Attract, she found her physically attractive as well. And Franny was very, um, is very new to love. She's never really experienced love before. Um, so yeah, she experiences her love awakening on the show with Madame and she enjoys it. It's the first time she gets to have that tender love from someone. And it's a, whilst it is a, you know, a ride between the both of them, they do go through some hardships. She, she loves her deeply and passionately and she would love to run off into the sunset with her. She would love to be out and proud with her, but they're in 1800s London and it's not that simple. Um, yeah. And you mentioned being out and proud. Sarah, mm -hmm. how important was it for you to tell this queer love story, right? It, it is a love story we don't get to see just in general on television, right? And then setting it in the 18, the mid 1820s, it seems even more sort of like radical. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm a Caribbean woman. I love the Caribbean. I'm very proud to come from that region. But I sort of wanted to challenge our thinking on these issues. You know, we are still in the Caribbean grappling with some very entrenched homophobia. And very early on, I set up my stall and said, you know, if my island people want to support this novel as it then was and now the series, then they're also going to have to accept that we're putting a queer black character center stage. And I think it's in story, in telling stories, you know, in giving visibility to characters who are otherwise marginalized that you kind of bring people along, you nudge opinions hopefully along. I've always felt that was the power of stories for me. But also, I couldn't really imagine Franny having the kind of relationship she has with Madame, with any of the men in this uh, series, not just because the men are generally pretty odious, despicable people, but also because this is not just a meeting of bodies, it's a meeting of minds as well. And as Carla Simone has alluded to, part of what attracts them is that they are, to a certain extent victims of the same circumstances. Now you can debate whether a privileged, spoiled white woman really was as trapped as Franny was, but they are attracted to each other by the sense that they're the only two people in this very febrile household who understand each other. And it's also a kind of meditation on women's anger. You know, we started with sort of Jane Eyre, but it, and that's a novel very much about women's anger and also Mad Woman in Attics, you know, and, and these two women and their coming together really should get people thinking about women's anger and when it can be channeled for good and when it's channeled self-destructively. And we see examples of that with both of these characters. Righteous female rage. I love to see that. I love to see that on TV. Um, Carla Simone, given all that Franny's up against, and I don't want to give you know anything away to the folks who are just starting to binge, I mean, mm -hmm. she's up against sexism, racism, an entire political system, right? Entire judicial system. Is there hope for her? That's the the sort of question, right? The 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 series asks: Is there hope for her? Is she a hopeful character? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely hope. Otherwise, um, people wouldn't be invested in in trying to get to the end to figure out what's happening. Um, yeah, Franny's. She's fighting. She's fighting um, for to be heard. You know, she she starts to write her own confessions, and she'd love to be a writer. There's so much that, you know, in the future that she would like to achieve. And um, whilst in certain situations she may be making that hard for herself, harder for um, speaking out against people who would probably try and um, you know get their own back on her. She's still very much actively trying to carve out a life for herself and there's hope in that there's hope in you know hope that they'll set her free hope that she's found innocent um you know hope that she is able to have love um although you know at the beginning it's kind of squashed because it starts off with her being accused of double murder um but yeah i think yeah there's definitely hope for franny for sure and sarah you talked briefly sort of about um history and and British history and colonialism and how you wanted to wanted the story to exist in that canon how does the story challenge our knowledge of the British empire and its involvement in the slave trade yeah well i think there is a kind of willful blindness um 
generally about the extent of British involvement. You know, the, the thing that's paid attention to on this side of the Atlantic is that Britain took the lead in abolishing the slave trade, which always makes me sort of scratch my head because I think, you know, I don't really understand the idea of congratulating yourself for abolishing something that you started. Um, <laughs> there's been this big gap. And I think the difference between us over here and you in America is that it's easy to perpetuate that gap because slavery in theory did not take place on British soil. You know, so people living here never really had to see it face to face. We don't drive past plantation houses. There are no visible markers. In fact, it's the opposite. We're more likely to walk past a statue in praise of a plantation owner, philanthropist, than we are to um, to drive past any monuments to what actually happened. And the aim of this novel, I, I really do think that fiction is one of the powerful kind of palliatives for this. You know, it fills those gaps that history leaves and history leaves them deliberately. The aim of this novel is to say, you know, to actually physically bring the story in the form of Franny onto English soil and to say, you know, those period dramas, you know, all the sort of gilded carriages and the grand Georgian mansions and the lovely silk ball gowns. Well, guess whose suffering made all of that possible? What's going to happen when you're being confronted with that, with the reality of it in your metaphorical drawing rooms? And what's going to happen when we in modern Britain start engaging in fiction or in history with that reality that, you know, that the wealth of modern Britain is very much built on a foundation that was put there by my ancestors. Absolutely, sort of using the story to have folks enter into more knowledge about what actually happened, right? It's like when we're all, you see something on the screen and then you immediately head to Wikipedia to find out, did this really happen? Is this really true, yes. right? And educating. Exactly. And in that yeah. theme, um, Carla Simone, once you got the script and you knew about the role, how did you prepare? Obviously, you read the novel, or if you had not read the novel already, I'm sure you had. But th was there any other work that you did in terms of educating yourself about the history that had happened? Yeah, so and the novel was like a great foundation. It was so in-depth with um, Franny's history and her past and everything is told from her perspective so I felt like I really knew who she was and I just filled in the blanks um yeah in terms of history um because my family's Jamaican um I'm aware about Jamaica and about the history of the plantations so I didn't really I didn't do history on that side of things I felt like I was pretty clued up on it and, and in terms of like Georgian London I really wanted to experience that for the first time with Franny she, it's the first time she's ever been to London it's the first time she's experienced the cold um she you know, she did live a different kind of life in Jamaica where she felt like she had more um, more freedom. So when she does come to London, she's like, what do you mean? I'm a maid. I'm staying here. She, she just can't quite <laughs> fathom that she's being left here because she, she felt like, yeah, she could kind of break the rules a bit. Um, but yeah, just experiencing that for the first time, it was quite nice not knowing how people lived in Georgian London because she did the opposite. You know, she was always speaking out and everyone's kind of giving her a side eye like, who is this woman that's just trying to own this room? Um, but yeah, I felt like, like I said, when I saw the script, I felt like I really knew her and I just really fleshed her out and just made all these um, decisions about her life and just lived it and experienced it with her experiencing it with your character that's yeah. that's incredible it's fascinating 
Sarah, this is going to be our last question. With the success of shows like The Confessions of Franny um, Plankton and Bridgerton and other period dramas that center black and brown people, do you think we'll see more? And what do you hope for for the future in terms of these types of shows? I think we'll see more. I hope we'll see more. I mean, there is a huge appetite. You know, we... Um, the Confessions of Brian Langton was gobbled up for TV. I was surprised actually how quickly it was optioned and and also commissioned and and made. Um, I think there is not just an appetite but a necessity for these um, stories. I think success encourages interest, doesn't it? And so mm-hmm. the success of shows like Bridgerton and Our Own will only bode well for others. I think though that it depends on creatives, and I mean creatives of color. Um, engaging with these stories, because I think it would be a mistake to have them produced without our input. Um, You know, there are there are angles that depend on our intimate knowledge, you know, getting at the, the subtlety, the complexity, the nuances that we want from these characters. It's really important that we're not just writing them, that we're not just in front of the camera, but that we are, you know, that we have the seats at the producing and commissioning tables that are in the position to decide where the money is spent, how much of it is spent and on what. Uh, so I hope to see more of that in the future. A seat at the table. Absolutely. We are going to leave it there because that is all the time we have today. Sarah Collins, Carla Simone Spence, thank you so much for joining Washington Post Live. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.